0: All
1: right, all right, all right. To quote Matthew McConaughey, we are back with week three of the Wanna Bet podcast. Welcome back, everybody, as usual. I am your host, David Schiff, with my partner, Miles V. As always,
0: Miles, what's going on with you? I am Miles. Maybe you've heard of me. So, there's a scene from Pulp Fiction where Marsalis Wallace has an unfortunate encounter with the GIMP. And at the end of that scene, he's posed the question, you okay? And his response was, No, man, I'm pretty fucking far from okay. And that pretty much sums up how I feel about week two. <laughs>
1: Yeah, well, we're going to get to that later, but that is a little bit of a spoiler for Miles' week. Um, so, as a reminder, here on the One of podcast, we're a little bit different. We don't just analyze the games. Miles and I actually compete every week with our bets. So every week, we give ourselves a thousand dollars. We have to bet that whole thousand uh, dollars. We must make a minimum of three bets, primarily on the NFL, and each of those bets has to be at least a hundred dollars. So every week. We're gonna start as we're gonna do right now by recapping what happened last week. And then in the middle of the podcast, we're gonna turn our attention to week three. What a crazy week of football, Miles. Like the NFL is just insane. Yeah. It's insane.
0: I don't understand what happened during week two. I some of these lead no lead was safe. I mean, uh, these games that that you thought you were just going to walk away and not have to watch the end of the games, you know, you had to run back and, and catch the outcome to see what happened.
1: Amazing storylines. San Francisco looks like geniuses by keeping Jimmy Garoppolo. He's now their starting starting quarterback. No controversy all year. There's a couple teams that are starting to look in the mirror and saying, "What's going on here?" Uh, and getting a little bit of nervous about the rest of the season. But let's jump into what happened last week. So I'm going to start out by recapping my three bets. And let me just say, and I know we say this kind of every week, I should have been 3-0. I really should have <laughs> been 3-0. I mean, bad beats, sure, but I'm going to talk about how I went from 3-0 and to 1-2 and the two games that I ended up not winning on my bets were just such epic craziness and collapses it's just insane
0: you know every time you give your picks uh, no matter who you are you think you're going undefeated and uh, that's why they play the games it's it's not easy to do this so
1: it is really not easy but really come on you have to admit i, I should have been three and know this week it was just insane But let's start with the good part. So my big bet, and thankfully it was my big bet last week, was I had the under at 40 and a half in the New England-Pittsburgh game. And that came in, came in hard. So my analysis was you had two mediocre offenses going against two good defenses. Mac Jones was coming off of a back injury. Najee Harris was injured going in. And God bless these two mediocre teams because the final score was 17 to 14. Uh, Really didn't have too much of a sweat. Pittsburgh did score eight points uh, in the fourth quarter, but at 31 points, they were considerably under the 40. And it was like watching kind of bad football. There was a sequence in the first half where Trubisky threw an interception, gave it right back to New England. Mac Jones threw an interception. Uh, I think there was a muffed punt in there. Only big play for uh, New England was a 44-yard touchdown by Mac Jones to uh, Nelson Aguilar at the end of the first half. Pittsburgh only had 91 yards rushing. I actually thought Pittsburgh was going to win the game, um, but I didn't really care. I didn't care. Yeah,
0: no, I thought Pittsburgh, you know, as a home dog, was going to come out and win that game as well, and I didn't think New England showed a lot during week one. And, uh, yeah, your your bet was pretty much safe. I mean, uh, I actually didn't get to watch the morning games, Um, and, but I kept, you know, looking at my phone, seeing what the updates were and, uh, looking at that game, I knew that yours was coming in.
1: Now, once again, Bill Belichick does not go 0-2, which he has not done in like 15 or 20 years or something like that. I do wonder how good the New England offense is going to be long-term with Matt Patricia calling the plays. Not the most inspired play caller, not a lot of great pieces on that team. But whatever. Uh, I called it at the under. So that was a $440 bet to win $400. So that was $840 right there. Uh, And then cue the circus music. (laughs) Yeah. All the craziness began. So I... (laughs) I had the money line on the Raiders over the Cardinals, and I was just sitting back in my sofa counting my money all the way until the very end. It was 20 to nothing at halftime.
0: You were probably going, why did I wuss out and not lay the 5.5 points?
1: Absolutely, I was. As I said, Devontae Adams and Darren Waller both had touchdown passes. This game was a walk until the fourth quarter, and then the wheels came off. It was like watching, I mean, it literally was watching a slow-motion car wreck, and you could see the sphincters of the Raiders tightening as that fourth quarter went on. Cardinals are down 16 points, so they have to score two touchdowns and get two two two-point conversions, which they did. The last touchdown came with no time on the clock. Kyler Murray runs in a touchdown. They need the two-point conversion. He throws a pass that is one millimeter over the hand of the Raider linebacker in the middle. A.J. Brown dives for it. It looks like he juggles it a little bit, but there's not enough on, uh, on camera to reverse it. So the two-point conversion counts. Now we're in overtime. Raiders actually stop the Cardinals on their first possession in downs. So I'm thinking, great, all I need is a field goal to win this game. Raiders start moving the ball. They throw the ball to Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro gets stripped. Ball bounces around. Raiders recover the ball. I'm thinking, my God, thank God the momentum has turned. Two plays later, Renfro again catches the ball, gets blown up, fumbles it, Cardinals scoop and score, end of game.
0: Now imagine if you're an Arizona Cardinals fan and you bet that game on the Cardinals. I mean, this is one of those where you're like, everything had to go right for me to win my bet, and... You know, just as you're completely destroyed by betting the Raiders, there's someone else on the other side going, "This was the greatest weekend in the history of football."
1: It was like a movie script. That whole last quarter in overtime was like a movie script. So I had bet two thirty. It was only going to win hundred dollars on the money line. That did not come in. My last bet is I had Cleveland minus six and a half uh, over the Jets, taking Cleveland to cover at home. I had three thirty to win three hundred. So. I will tell you this. I'm going to start off with a little stat here. So the Jets were down 13 points in the last two minutes of the game. They ended up winning the game by a point. According to ESPN, that was the first time in the last 2,229 NFL games where a team leading by 13 points in the last two minutes ended up losing a game. I thought I would lost the game earlier when uh, – Cleveland scored to go up 13, missed an extra point. and so then when the Jets came down and scored with two minutes to go, they were only down by six. So in a way, I was almost happy that they scored again in one, so they, the Browns lost the game instead of losing by one point. I, you know I kind of called the Cleveland side of things um, accurately on offense. Brissette was fine. He won touchdown, one interception. He moved the ball. He did enough. I did not see Joe Flacco throwing four touchdowns. And when you are a team that has a 35-year-old backup quarterback starting, you're on the road, you're six-and-a-half point dogs, you have to do some unexpected things to win games. And I couldn't tell you, I didn't look it up, but the Jets had both a fake punt and an onside kick be successful in the same game. So the gods were just with them that day. They end up winning by a point. Uh, You know, Nick Chubb, people are on him about uh, he shouldn't have scored that last touchdown. He should have taken time off the clock. I I don't think you can expect the other team to score two touchdowns, you know, recover an onside kick in the last, you know, two minutes. I don't blame Nick Chubb. He had three touchdowns. It was just crazy, though. I mean, both of those games at the end were just crazy.
0: Unexpected results for sure. And uh, I, I thought there was also some controversy with uh, clock management on the Brown side of things on not needing to to run plays under the two minutes or something like that. And uh, even they acknowledged that they made some, some coaching errors. So um, serves them right. They get a loss. It's a loss that they shouldn't have. And we'll see if that comes into play during the rest of the season.
1: Yeah, so where I should have won uh, my 330 to win 300 for 630 right. – That didn't come in either, but I end up with 840 on the week. Not too terrible. I'm going to take it. (sighs) That's what I did last week.
0: Well, you weren't alone in picking some of those games. Our loyal listener, Don Halston, who uh, sent in his picks, uh, he also picked Cleveland to win, as well as the Raiders. So he was with you on, on those two bets. He made two other bets. Uh, which involved a two team parlay. So actually three other games. He went over three on those. Oh no! okay. He had Pittsburgh to win outright, which they did not. He had New Orleans Saints to win outright, which they did not. And he had Denver to cover by 10, which they did not. So uh, our good friend Don was uh, an over and uh, you know was actually in pretty good company because now, now what what now what are we calling an o for five if, if the silver
1: sombrero golden sombrero is what, what what's what's the quintuple
0: i mean technically it's an o for four because he had the parlay and by the way you um, and i are not doing parlays to throw this into the mix the math is going to be way too difficult to figure out and let's face it there are three types of people in this world those that can count and those that can't but i'm fine. so for us <laughs> i just think that. Uh, uh, We'll stick to just the the bets that we've been doing, which have been money lines and and spreads and overs and unders. Um, my bets for the week, though, were absolutely horrible. And uh, speaking it, of overs, I don't even know what to say. I, I, yeah, I was speaking to someone over the weekend about it, and they said, you know, why does anyone want to listen to you? You know, and they got kind of ag- they got aggressive with me, you know. So I'm like, hey, <laughs> calm down, Mom. You know, I, I'm actually pretty good at this. Except, except for this week. And, uh, well, look, maybe you're in one of those survivor pools and you want to hear our analysis on who really is going to, you know, win the game outright. Or maybe you do one of those confidence pools where you have to bet each game of the week and give it a certain ranking. I mean, I think that's that's kind of what we're good for. We're looking at a lot of different games during the week, trying to get the content out early. By the way, getting the content out early, you know, has its uh, pitfalls, right? We don't have all the latest injury information. We don't know who's definitely playing and who's being held out. Um, You know, getting into my very first bet, um, which was one of the morning games, I took the Colts. And the Colts, I I took them not knowing that Michael Pittman wasn't playing. And that was actually a pretty key individual that – I was counting on to uh, to bring the Colts some good results. And, you know, had I known that, I might not have made that same pick. But I'm not going to make excuses. The Colts got shut out by the Jaguars. It was an ugly game. It was never a game. And go- going into the afternoon, I knew that you already won your big bet, and I already lost one bet, so I needed my other two bets to, to, to come in. So what were my other two bets? Well... I had the Seahawks uh, plus eight and a half against the 49ers. Go ahead. So Trey Lance gets injured, and what happens? They get to bring in their better quarterback in Garoppolo. Absolutely. Played like a star. I mean, we had talked about it the last podcast that there was uh, the beginnings of a quarterback controversy, and this injury just cemented the fact that they were able to get in the quarterback that, let's face it, is going to perform better, and he did. And, um, yeah, that one really wasn't a game either. Seattle looked horrible, and Garoppolo looked great. And, you know, San Francisco is uh, was able to shake off their week one loss to the Bears, and now they're, you know, one and one like like everyone.
1: I feel like this was the Seattle team we expected in week one. They came out really kind of energized. But this Seattle team, they lost 27-7, to and it wasn't even an offensive touchdown. They blocked a kick. So, Geno Smith, you know, laid in bed and, you know, did not show up for this one. This was more like the Seahawks team I saw in preseason than I was expecting last week.
0: Yeah, and I did not have a lot of hope other than to say, well, maybe then my big bet will come in. And my big bet was Cincinnati uh, over the Cowboys. And this was great because I was on a plane for the afternoon games and I actually got a chance – to watch this game. Um, it was funny. Uh, I had a very weak connection to Wi-Fi and uh, I had a middle seat. My wife had the window and the guy next to me in the aisle had the same game going on through his computer. So he's watching on his computer and I'm watching on my phone. So he's got the, the, the Premiere set up and I've got the, you know, tiny little screen but you couldn't just lean his, over and watch with him? Is, was that just... Here's uh, the thing. His feed was like 15 seconds behind mine. So I was getting the plays before he was. And he was getting pissed. Like he's looking over at my screen and he's like, you know, he wants to watch on his screen. But what he's getting is, you know, he already kind of seeing out of the corner of his eye what's happening on my screen. So it's a complete debacle. But I watched that entire Cincinnati-Dallas game and could not believe how bad Cincinnati looked. I mean they totally reconfigured you know configured their offensive line and it didn't help. I mean they were getting the Burrow fast and furious and here's a team that I thought would be a formidable team this year coming back from a Super Bowl birth and and you know here they are they they, they still are improving they've got you know another year under their belt and and Jamar Chase looks awesome like a top 5 receiver. They were horrible. So we're watching the game, and and I think I gave um, seven and a half points. And so I knew that I wasn't going to win the bet. But the game came down to a last-minute field goal. And just as they were about to kick, our Wi-Fi feed went out. And so I missed it. And I didn't even see it. Not that it mattered. But it was just, again, probably prophetic as to how my week was. Just not good. So you didn't
1: know who won until you got off
0: the plane? So the feed comes up a little bit later, and then it switches to the uh, Raiders Cardinals game. So I got to watch the end of that, and I saw through the ticker that it was the uh, the the Dallas kicked the field goal and won. I didn't have to wait till I landed, but as we landed, the guy next to me, little to my knowledge, you know, as soon as we were able to, you know, get get regular Wi-Fi and text ability. he's sending a message to someone and I will admit I was nosy. I was kind of looking over my shoulder and he's like, damn, I went four and one this week. Uh, my only loss was Cincinnati. And you know, I watched them and they looked horrible. I couldn't believe it. I, um, uh, I wanted to be like, this guy went four and one. Like, why, why weren't we talking the whole, the whole flight? Like, why couldn't we be friends? Like, like, was this my new best friend? I don't know. But I never never said a word to him, and yet he had all the pics. By the way, I, I think if you had just turned him.
1: off your phone and both of you had watched his computer feed, it would have solved both of your problems. There wouldn't have been a, a lag issue. You'd both been watching the big screen, but that's just me. That's just me.
0: Yeah, we, we, you know, we didn't couple up in the beginning to introduce ourselves and talk about anything. We were just kind of in our own little silos, and uh, yeah, who knew?
1: Yeah, Cooper Rush comes off the bench, leads a couple long drives. Burrow was sacked four times in the first half. We're going to be talking about the Bengals in a little bit because I have some thoughts on that. So that was our week two, right? That's... Yeah, I'm
0: declaring week two was a bloodbath for everyone. I mean, Donnie went 0-5, I went 0-3. You may have won, but you went 1-2. and 2. Um, Also, shout out to Dave Siegel for all of his positive commentary to us. You know, on Twitter. So I wanted to get that in and and hats off to Marge, his wife, because that whole experience, the three weeks she stayed at Trembling Hills has paid off and no more alcohol or sedative in her life. huh?
1: I love it. And by the way, since we're shouting out, apparently we are big overseas. We have not one, not two, but three downloads from the land of Finland. So maybe one of yeah, one maybe one of that translates to something dirty and Finnish. I'm not sure what's going on, but we have uh, we've become global and international here on of Bet.
0: I love it. I always thought I'd be big in Japan, but Finland. Who knew? There you go. Well, so just to
1: recap, uh, Miles does finish with zero. I win the week with 840. And if you're keeping score with the big sheet going on, Miles and I are in a red hot competition
0: as of right now we are at war
1: miles has a thousand ten in his bank i've got 840 and we each have one weekly win so that's what's going on as we look towards the whole season now we are going to turn our attention to week three release the
0: kraken before we do, we should at least talk about the bet that I had to, uh, the bet that you won, the weekly bet that you won. Yes, I did enjoy a lovely round of golf. Yeah, we, uh, every week we like to put something on the line for that week's bets, and this week was a round of golf. And I was very happy with the weather. I was very happy with or our overall scores. I was very unhappy carrying your bag around. Um, but you were a, a gracious winner, and thank you for that.
1: Yeah, and if you want to see uh, the blood, sweat, and tears of Miles carrying my bag around, go to Twitter right now. Follow us at @WannaBetPodcast. All of our pictures, content, thoughts its there. You can see us on the golf course, and we got more exciting bets. Let's talk about week three. What are we doing on our bet for week three, because we're going back to the food bin only in Southern California. You want to tell our listeners what we're doing?
0: Yeah, it's not a big bet, but it's a very tasty one. And it's one that I know my family does that doesn't live on the West coast uh, really appreciates. And that's In-N-Out Burger. Um, Every time they come in the town, the first stop is to In-N-Out Burger. And they usually go with the double, double animal style I think this is going to be both a bet and a punishment, in my opinion. I think that the, the loser is going to have to buy lunch at, at, uh, or dinner, or whatever we decide, at In N Out Burger, but also has to eat a four by four themselves. Oof.
1: Four by four, meaning four patties, four pieces of cheese. It is a serious commitment.
0: You know it'll be a little uncomfortable for the loser. I've actually done it before and and liked it, but uh, but it might, but in this case, I'm no longer there and don't want to do that. but I think we'll 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 put that up as the uh, as the better of the week.
1: All right, so four by four at in and out is on the line. Let's turn our attention to week three. Miles and I put a new thousand dollars in our bank. We've got new bets to make. storylines. Week three, Miles, there are so many road favorites this week. It's insane. How are you handicapping this week? What are you looking at?
0: Yeah, we've talked about it on the last two podcasts about home dogs covering. And even last week, I got manhandled by taking the Colts on the road and the Bengals on the road. And both of those, I thought, were no-brainers. And both those teams lost outright. I don't know what it is about the, the home dogs covering, but it's a thing. And this week, while I'm not prepared to say I'm going completely opposite, I I will say this. I I think it's a trend, and I think it's variable, and maybe I just haven't learned my lesson and I'm asking for more punishment, but I'm looking at, at a lot of those road favorites
1: yeah it's crazy so baltimore minus three at new england buffalo minus six at miami cincinnati minus five at the jets new orleans minus three at carolina kansas city minus five and a half at indiana the raiders minus two and a half at tennessee philadelphia minus six and a half at washington the rams minus three and a half at arizona san francisco minus one and a half at denver just so many red favorites by the way if you're wondering, Miles and I pull all of our lines off of the BetMGM app, so that is our resource. Uh, so we're all, you know, going off of the same, uh, the same information here. To me, one of the craziest things is right now the biggest spread on the board are the Chargers plus seven at home against Jacksonville, which I think is crazy because you've got a starting quarterback who's day to day with the Chargers, and I think you have a rising Jacksonville team. I know we differ on that. I think they're one of the underrated teams. But crazy to me that the Chargers uh, are the biggest favorite at home.
0: Yeah, we'll see if that line moves. I think it will depend on on Herbert's availability. But if he plays, uh, you know, I, I, I do think they're the better team. And I'm not surprised that they have the, the highest spread. I don't think I'd be prepared to put them on a survivor pool, but I definitely think that they've got the better of it. Uh, as in terms of like which teams are are underrated, I mean, look, there's some teams that are surprising the hell out of me, uh, not the least of which is the New York Giants coming out at two and zero. That's a team that when I went to Vegas, I actually bet the under on overall wins when it was at six and a half, and now they're already won two games and they're they're favored this week to win a third. So I don't know where the Giants came from, but They're definitely overachieving and not not someone that was on my radar. Uh, To that end, uh, the Detroit Lions seem to be coming out of the box very hot. You know, they had a win and they had a, a, you know, a, a, a cover. And they're looking a lot better than they have in past years. Shout out to my man Broganus for his Detroit peeps yeah they're they're at
1: least fun this year and maybe we all got on the bandwagon a little bit with hard knocks but at least they're coming out they've got some pieces Goff looks decent Swift is a good running back they're scoring some points they're at least showing up every game i think they're on the upswing and like i said i i think jacksonville is a better team than people give them credit for
0: I mean, the other team that I think is, is pretty amazing right now is is the Miami Dolphins. Yeah. Uh, I don't think people give them enough credit. I mean, that uh, they scored four touchdowns in the fourth quarter. Two uh... And, uh, you know, uh, he is not afraid to throw the ball. And, you know, he had his interceptions. Who cares? It doesn't stop him from making those throws. And I think that Miami is going to be uh, the team to watch coming out of the AFC East.
1: So who's overrated? Who's a disappointment so far? Who You know, who... Who are you shaking your head at? We've talked a little bit about a couple of these teams.
0: Yeah. Well, Cincinnati for me is is really a head scratcher. I did not expect them to, to be so poor, you know, just one year removed from being in the Super Bowl. So that one is a little bit obvious. Um, I don't know. Do you have someone that you was on your list?
1: Well, there's a couple of interesting things. You know, the Raiders and Tennessee play each other. They're both 0-2, and they were both AFC playoff teams last year. Tennessee, in fact, was the number one seed last year. People forget that. It wasn't Buffalo. It wasn't Kansas City. And it wasn't Cincinnati. It was the Tennessee Titans. So they, for me, uh, are a huge head scratcher. Derrick Henry just can't get going. I'm not sure what's going on there. I actually think Cincinnati's going to turn it around, uh, and I'm going to talk about that because they are one of my bets.
0: Well, I'm going to talk about the Raiders because yeah, getting it. into week three, that is my first bet. And in fact... I have written down the Raiders are 0 and 2 overall. They're 0 and 2 against the spread. Uh, the Titans are 0 and 2 overall. They're 0 and 2 against the spread. Someone has to win here, and the line is two and a half. So there's not going to be a tie. There will be a winner this week. Um, you know, I took Las Vegas in week one with the plus three and a half, and and that was a near miss. You took Vegas uh, in week two. They should have won that game. Um, It's my turn to take them again. And, you know, let's be honest. They were very much in both of those games, and they just blew it last week. And this week, with less than a field goal at minus 2.5 against the Titans, I think they have the ability to get this win and avoid going 0-3, which is basically, you know, a curse at ever making the playoffs and the beginning of looking forward to next year. So I'm making this my big bet. Uh, Even though... You know, the Raiders have not, you know, paid off in the first two weeks. I'm riding them a third week. I'm betting 440 to win 400 on them.
1: I'm a little concerned about this bet for you. And here's a couple reasons why. One of the craziest stats in week two, going through all of the box scores, Devontae Adams had a first quarter touchdown for seven yards. In the rest of the game, he had one more catch for five more yards. Two catches for 12 yards. And I saw them play week one where he was being targeted. So I just wonder if the Raiders are becoming a bit of a head case. Josh McDaniel has never been a successful head coach. They're going on the road. They are playing last year's number one seed on the road off of an epic collapse Something is going on with their play calling, their strategy. I personally hope you're right, I guess, but I would not touch the Raiders this week.
0: Interesting. It's interesting that you're fading it. Okay. Well, I I appreciate it. Um, let's hope you're wrong, and let's hope that the Raiders, you know, having been in both games, just decide that this is where their patience snaps, and they come out and you know get that W.
1: Yeah. All right. So let's move on to my first bet, my big bet of the week. It is also uh, a road favorite, and I am taking the Rams minus three and a half over the Cardinals. I'm betting 440 to win 400. Let's be honest. The Cardinals have played eight quarters of football, and they have looked awful in seven of them. They woke up a little bit, obviously scored two touchdowns, two two two-point conversions in the last quarter of the Raider game, but they got rolled at home by Kansas City, and I think the Rams got a wake-up call with the Bills. Their offense was clicking for the first half against Atlanta. They gave up some points later. The Rams have Arizona's number. In the Sean McVay era, they have outscored the Cardinals 335 to 162. Another stat I'll throw at you, the Cardinals are dead last in the NFL in both third down defense and offense. I think they're a bad team. I think the Rams, as the Super Bowl winners, are on the upswing. I like this number at three and a half. I think the Rams go in and cover. They're two and one at the end of the game. There you go.
0: Well... Again, this is one where that extra half point makes all the difference in my mind because I can see the Rams winning, but I could also see them winning with a with a field goal and that half point, you just going, God damn it, why is that half point there? Um, look, uh, the Arizona Cardinals aren't as bad as they've shown. They actually usually play pretty well at home. Um, so I, I don't know that it's that obvious. Although I maybe... Mean, Based on your description, you think the spread was you know Rams minus ten, but we'll see. If it were um, minus
1: ten, I wouldn't I, have took them. I think for three and a half. I'll take them.
0: Well, I think the Rams, the Rams win. I think the Rams win, but um, and I looked at that game, but the half was what scared me off.
1: Yep, makes sense.
0: What'd you What'd you take for pick two? Warning: I'm going to be taking a road favorite here. Okay, <laughs> yeah. uh, I'm, I'm taking shocked. Kansas City uh, minus five and a half against the Colts. And everyone right now is talking about the Colts getting points at home. And I think people are betting the Colts. I've actually seen this line move from seven to six and a half to now five and a half. So I think everyone's putting money on the Colts, which should scream to me, stay away from this game. Uh, Look, I'm not trying to be cute here. I'm not trying to be opposite George Costanza or anything like that. I, I just think the Chiefs are a talented team. They've shown some dominance in games. Less than a touchdown seems like a smart bet to me. The Colts were shut out by the Jags last week, like we said. I do expect them to come back, but I just don't think they can beat the Chiefs. And I'm not sure they can keep up with the Chiefs' pace. So uh, I'm thinking the better team wins, and in this case, the better team wins by more than a touchdown. I'm betting the Chiefs at 330 to win 300.
1: Yeah, you know, they are a juggernaut, the Chiefs. They woke up a little late against the Chargers last Thursday. Uh, you didn't mention that they have had a couple of extra days to prepare. So that, I think, also, you know, works in their favor. I think the question is what Colts team shows up. You know, the AFC South in general has been terrible. You know, the whole division is 1-5-2. and two. The Colts you know, had a tie against the Texans.
0: Uh, you know, that's just a lot of points. When you say you're not sure who's going to show up, I mean, let me point this out. I'm not sure who on the Colts is going to show up literally, right? I don't know if, uh, if Michael Pittman's playing, I don't know if Shaquille Leonard's playing. I got hurt by the Colts last week and you would ask me, am I all in on the Colts? Well, right now I'm all out on the Colts. So I'm, I'm taking the chiefs.
1: Yeah. So 3:30 to win 300 for your second bet. I like it. We'll see what happens. So my second bet, we mentioned actually both of these teams a little bit. Well, we, we mentioned Miami. I'm taking Buffalo-Miami, but I am taking the over in this game at 52.5. Uh, I'm betting 330 to win 300, and I will be honest that I went back and forth on taking Buffalo to cover versus the over. The line is Buffalo, is six. Buffalo's the best team in the NFL right now. They are 2-0. and They have beaten the defending Super Bowl champions, now, Tennessee is not playing well, but again, they were the number one seed. They've beaten those teams by a combined score of 72 to 17. So I think they're a juggernaut. I do think that they're going to cover, but I didn't have the courage to bet it. Miami is just a little bit unpredictable for me. I, so where I netted out is I think you've got two juggernaut offenses. I think they're going to go over that 52 and a half pretty easily. You've got three of the best, say five or six wide receivers in the league in this game, Stefan Big, Stefan Diggs, Jalen Waddle, Tyreek Hill. Those three guys have nine touchdown passes between the three of them already.
0: I'm not ready to declare Jalen Waddle one of the best receivers yet. He might be doing well, but but let's not overreach there.
1: He is putting up the stats. So you've got two teams that are averaging over 400 yards a game. To a through for six touchdowns, as you said, he's not afraid to you know unleash it, good or bad. I think this is a scoring fest. I'm just going to be rooting points, 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 and I think they go over that 52 and a half easily for me to collect my 300 win.
0: I'm not going to lie to you, this was on my list of potential bets to make. Um, I've been a little hesitant on the over unders, but this one screamed at me for a lot of the reasons that you're saying. I mean, I think. I think that Buffalo easily scores four touchdowns or more. So, you know, the more they score, the less Miami has to. And if Miami's down, they're going to be throwing the ball, you know, on most downs. So uh, I don't know about easily at the 52 and a half, but I like it. And I'd actually be interested in watching to see if that line moves uh, up throughout the week. But no, I, I like your bet. I was I was thinking of taking it myself and, and, you know, if I was in a place where I could bet, I think I would take it myself. Well,
1: let's, uh, let's cross our fingers and hope it's a a big high scoring affair. That's my number two bet. What's your third bet?
0: Spoiler alert. uh, I'm betting another another road road favorite here. Um, What?
1: What? I'm just asking
0: for punishment, but uh, I'm taking Baltimore minus three against New England. And I'm just not convinced New England is that good of a team. And Baltimore is, uh, even after squandering that huge lead to the Dolphins. Look, you said it before, Coach Belichick never goes zero and two, but one and two is a different story. Okay, I don't know what kind of stats there are there. Um, New England, they got a great win on the road, you know, against Pittsburgh, and that was a surprise to both of us, right? But the Ravens are much more dynamic offense than Pittsburgh. Okay, and Trubisky is not the same as Jackson. And I'm expecting the Ravens to come out after you know losing their game to Miami, and they're going to come out with a chip on their shoulder. And with the spread being just three, you know, even though it's in Foxborough, uh, I'm thinking that Baltimore is going to win this game. I just don't think that you know New England has what it takes this year. I'm actually getting this at a discount. This one, uh, the line is minus 105 instead of the usual 110. So in this case, I'm betting 230 to win 219. So if that comes in, uh, a little extra money.
1: Yeah, I, I would like this bet a little bit more for you if I knew that J.K. Dobbins was playing. Right now, he's questionable. In the game last week, Lamar Jackson had 119 rushing yards for Baltimore. The rest of the team, all the running backs, had 36 combined. So they were good. But it's all Lamar Jackson. And he is good, you know, threw for touchdowns, ran for yards. But they're a little bit one-dimensional right now without J.K. Dobbins. Mac Jones was better last week, threw for almost 250 yards. I'm nervous about going into New England. I think you're going to win this bet. I think you might sweat it out a little bit.
0: Well, I can deal with the sweat. What I can't deal with is another 0-3 week. Um, <laughs> so let's uh, let's hope this one comes in. What's your third bet? All
1: right. So my third bet, we're going to talk about the Cincinnati Bengals because I am picking them on the money line over New York Jets uh, in New York. So they're minus five on the road. And I believe that Cincinnati is going to turn it around. Now, they were terrible, particularly in the first half against Dallas. But they closed the gap a little bit. They're 0-2 with two losses that are by a field goal. One of those were in overtime. The other thing I'm going to say about this game is the worst part of Cincinnati's team is their offensive line. They have given up 13 sacks in two games. But guess what? The New York Jets defensive line is not very good. They have three sacks in two games. So I think that Cincinnati's offensive line is pulling it together a little bit. They give Joe Burrow more time. And if Joe Burrow has more time, he has the pieces to pick apart uh, the Jets. I took it at the money line because I didn't like the line at five. I was not going to give the Jets five points at home because I think this game is closer to a field goal. But at the money line, I've got them at a $230 bet to win $104.
0: Yeah, it's a safe, much safer bet going money line. And... You know what you say makes a lot of sense. I was stuck on a plane watching them for three hours plus, and was not ready to pull the trigger on Cincinnati at all. Uh, they did look horrible. Uh, even their defense, you know, their defense, you know, might have had one sack the whole game. Uh, I think they got a turnover late, but they they just weren't weren't pressuring the quarterback. They just they did not look good. Um, doesn't mean I don't think they can meet the Jets, but the Jets surprised us last week too. So this one's kind of a, a toss-up.
1: Yeah, but the Jets don't have a game where they have a fake field goal and an onside kick recovery again. I think the Cincinnati is the desperate team this year. Uh question for the Jets is who's playing quarterback? Because Zach Wilson is coming off of his injury. He's getting more practice time. I think right now it's still Flacco, uh, but that could change things up again. And like you said, we make these picks early in the week. so. With Zach Wilson playing. I'm not sure how I feel about it, but I do think that Cincinnati turns it around and gets a win. And I'm going to give you one honorable mention game. I, I didn't bet it, but I do think that the Green Bay Packers at plus one are going to beat Tampa Bay on the road. I think Tampa Bay just doesn't have any, they, you know, they don't have Mike Evans for the week now. You know, Julio Jones is hurt. Godwin's out. They have nobody on the skill side to to play with. It's crazy.
0: No, they actually just brought in Cole Beasley. I don't know if you saw that. So they're that desperate oh that my, they're Cole bringing Beasley. in Cole Beasley. Well, that
1: changes everything. <laughs> well,
0: I agree with you. I I think uh this is going to be the bet that you and I agree on that we don't make that we both win and <laughs> <laughs> so when we're both zero
1: and three, and this bet comes comes in next week, we'll take we take out. We get some
0: credibility there, right? Yeah, I like uh, I like Green Bay. I like them on the money line. I don't even think they need the point. Let's you know get the extra money out of it. Uh, whatever that one's going off at, maybe plus one twenty or something. But um, yeah, I, I think so too. Uh, I don't think so. So let's
1: let's just record this for posterity that we've both gone out on a limb on a bet we didn't make. <laughs>
0: well you know and last week i I was pretty close to taking uh the houston texans plus points this is another week too where you know i just don't know who houston is but they're playing the bears they're getting some points i was looking at that game too so
1: those are our bets why don't you recap your bets i'll recap mine we'll get out of here we're going to do it all again next week as usual
0: yeah and if you want to make your bets and let us know what you're thinking please do tweet us yes please go to at one of that podcast and let us know what you're doing. Don't let Don be the only one who's sharing in this fun. Uh, although Don, I think is in last place when you, when you think about it, but I'm sure he's going to make a strong comeback.
1: Well, he can't, you know, he can't mess with the professionals like we are, you know, we are, we are losing money at a far slower speed. than Don <laughs> <he did. laughs>
0: This, this is our turnaround week. And uh, you know, it's amazing that, my whole outlook on life really rises and falls with how I do in either my betting or my fantasy team. You know, if I do well, it's the best weekend in the world. I'm happy. If I do shitty, uh, you know, I, I, I am self-loathing and it's like, why did I spend all day watching football? And it's, it's, it's crazy. So, you know, it's Thursday, I'm over it. Uh, and I'm taking uh, three road favorites. Uh, I'm taking, The Raiders against the Titans. I'm taking Kansas City against the Colts. I'm taking Baltimore against New England. And I am laying the points in each of those.
1: Well, I am also uh, taking a couple of uh, road favorites here. I am taking the Rams minus three and a half over Arizona at 440 to win 400. I think they dominate Buffalo, Miami. It's going to be a shootout. I'm taking the over of 52 and a half points, 330 to win 300. And I like Cincinnati to beat the Jets. I just don't like the five points. So I'm taking the money line at $230 to win 104.
0: Here's to hoping that trend reverses about the home dogs covering. And maybe next week we'll uh, we'll both be on the, the podcast bragging about how smart we were.
1: Everybody, thank you for tuning in to the One a Bed podcast. We have a ball doing this. We hope to hear you, or we hope to see you. We hope you're listening. Whatever, I don't know. Come back next week. You're going to see how these bets went down. We're going to make new ones. We're going to be doing this all year. Someone's going to In and Out to have a four by four. We got a lot going on. Take care, everybody.
0: Forgot to yeah, forgot to say it last week, but love your body, Larry.
1: Love your body, Larry. That's Miles' signature out, and we're out of here on the One a Bed podcast. Take care.
0: And live in a life
1: by your own design. Join us as we embrace life unapologetically and redefine success. This is Unapologetically Fab, an Electric Cast production. We'll see you there.
0: Electric Cast. Today is working for me. Do you believe that for yourself? Hey, I'm Pastor Julie,
1: and I want to empower you through encouragement. Inviting you to my podcast, Big Truth Encouragement, where I unpack living a faith-filled life. I created my podcast for the ladies, but gentlemen, you'll gain something too. So I invite you to listen to Big Truth Encouragement on ElectroCast and any platform where you listen to your podcast.
0: ElectroCast. ElectroCast.